1: There's a significant event on uh, tomorrow night and I had to actually look twice to see that it's being played on Thursday night. I'm talking about game one of the Bledisloe Cup between Australia and New Zealand. We played at uh, Marvel Stadium or the Dockland Stadium there in Melbourne, which is primarily a footy ground where I thought that most of the matches uh, when it comes to rugby, we played at uh, Amy Stadium, which is a rectangular stadium. So I thought I'd open up by... Speaking to my rugby expert here on uh, SEN Drive, Mick Collis, about those two interesting scenarios. And then we'll get into the match in general. Mickey, a very good evening to you. G'day, Pete. Always good to talk to you. Why are they playing Thursday night? Such an important match.
0: Mate, it's it's very frustrating for me. For me, it's a sign... In the lack of confidence Rugby Australia has got in their own products because they didn't, the match was always going to be played in Melbourne. That was part of the deal they teed up with the government. And they didn't want to have it Saturday night because they thought there might have been two AFL games in Melbourne. And they thought if rugby was trying to compete with those two games, it, it just wouldn't get any media coverage and the interest would be very low. As it turns out, those two games, by the way, the AFL worked out with the results on the weekend, there are no games in Melbourne on the Saturday night. So they thought, well, they'd, they'd keep it on the Friday because it had already been locked away. So the main reason was to try and avoid that conflict with AFL. So for me, if you go to a market where you're not going to get any media, well, don't go to that market. Don't take the money and actually look after your supporters in the game because I don't think anyone... I've got friends in Melbourne who haven't heard that it's even on. Mm. And it's a Thursday night, so no one's expecting... No one's expecting to be watching rugby on a Thursday night. So it's a really... And, you know, even in Perth here, there's there was a story in the paper today about, because they've brought back Bernard Polly, which I'm sure we'll get onto, but there's just no, you've really got to look hard to find information about the game. And that's where it's struggling. It's not, it's not in front of people that aren't necessarily the rusted on fans that know what's going on. But there's great and then in terms of where you go. You go on. On? Yeah, you go. I was going to say, and then in terms of the venue, I think so. If, so this marble stadium, or what we used to be called Docklands. Is that the one down near the water?
1: Yes. Right, so because that's where they played down the, the west East end. Lines. The west end, yeah,
0: yeah. I think yeah, if, it, if it's near the water, there's a um, near. Uh, I think Channel Seven's down there somewhere. If, if that's the ground. You're right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
1: Channel Seven's headquarters are down that way. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So that's where they played. The Lions and the Wallabies played when the last time the Lions were out here. Um, and I think I, I don't think that the. I think it's called Amy Park, which is where the Melbourne Storm and the Melbourne Rebels play. I don't think that's got the capacity. I think that might only hold maybe 30000 So Mm -hmm. I I do know they've got a fairly good crowd. I'm not sure what Marvel holds. And again, it's all about greed and and money. (laughs) So they're they're not going to go to a small, perfectly built rugby ground because they won't make enough money. So they'll rather go and give the fans not as good an experience but make more money.
1: Uh, And I know I'm being very
0: cynical there, Pete, but... um, it's, it's all about the dollars.
1: Yeah, but saying that, uh, there's nothing bigger... When it comes to Australian sporting heritage, then the Bledisloe Cup against New Zealand, I had a look at it. They've played 152 test matches dating back many, many years. Okay, New Zealand have dominated over Australia. But saying that, uh, the Bledisloe Cup is the Bledisloe Cup. And I reckon they've watered it down by doing what they've done by playing it tomorrow night. Uh, They should be confident enough that it could stand on its own two legs.
0: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I just think it was embarrassing when they folded, thinking, oh, we can't compete against." And then they didn't want to go Friday night because they, the, the Melbourne Storm might have a game. So they put themselves basically as a third-tier sport for that for that game. And, and, and that game, the Bledisloe Cup, I mean, yeah, there's the rugby championships, which has been on, that no one really cares about. It, it's kind of, it's just an event they have every year. But the Bledersloe Cup, that's got the romance about it. You don't need to be a rugby fan to know about the Bledisloe Cup. So if you're a a non-rugby fan in Melbourne or anywhere in Australia, and you hear about the Bledisloe Cup and it's coming to town, you're more than likely to go along. And we saw that here. I mean, I think I still think that the record um, attendance mm. at Optus Stadium is that Bledisloe Cup game that we had here, which is a non-traditional rugby market. So, I, I just, yeah, I really can't understand why they did that. And surely, I mean, Melbourne they talk about being the sporting capital of Australia, and there's what five or six million people in Melbourne, the two AFL games might have accounted for maybe 150,000. So you've still got six and a half million people able to go and watch your rugby game. So I just found it a really negative, defeatist attitude by Rugby Australia to do it on that Thursday night, which is, you know, that's your shopping night. Thursday yeah. night, you go shopping. No one's thinking about rugby. So yeah, a real shame. <laughs> As I said, they get a good crowd, but just very disappointing that they did decide to do it on the Thursday. Yeah.
1: A lot of Kiwis live in Melbourne too. They all ought to have all gone. And what's more interesting is that Australia got a chance to win it because they have not won the Cup since 2002 and they've got maybe a chance to kickstart their attempt to end that drought tomorrow night because, to be fair, both nations are out of form.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a really weird rugby championship because everyone's won one and lost one, which is really unusual. So we saw the all Blacks um, got beaten by Argentina, which was the first time they'd ever been beaten on New Zealand soil by Argentina. And then the next week, they've gone around and put 50 points on the Argentinians. And then the Australians, we beat South Africa, the reigning world champions in Adelaide. And then the next week in Sydney, uh, we got towed up by them. So we're going into the game off a loss. The All Blacks are coming in off a win. But But for me... I mean, yes, people are saying that the All Blacks are vulnerable because they, they haven't been playing as consistently well as they have, but neither have we. And as we spoke about the Bledisloe Cup... So my young bloke's 19. He has never been alive to see Australia have <laughs> the Bledisloe Cup. So the Bledisloe Cup, for me, is is the grand final for for both of these teams. And I think the All Blacks, they will cherish that record... I mean, Australia are desperate and would like to have it. But if we don't win it, well, it's another year that we haven't got it. Whereas if the All Blacks lose it, wow, they've lost something they've held for 19 years. So psychologically, I think that this contest means more to them than it does to us. Obviously, we want to win it. There's no doubt about that. But I just think that they will come out, their their passion and desire to defend it, I think, will override our passion and desire to win it.
1: Okay. You mentioned it a bit earlier, but Australia's going to parade their fourth number 10 this season uh, in Bernard Foley. Tell us more. Oh. (laughs) Yep.
0: So it's our fourth number 10. So we started off... We keep just digging for the veterans. So we started with Quade Cooper came back last year for the Springbok games and, and played well. So we wanted to use him. He's torn his Achilles, so he's gone. So they gave James O'Connor, who's th- I think so Quade's 35, James O'Connor's 33 or 34. So James O'Connor he got injured, or first he didn't play well, so they dropped him. Then he got injured on the weekend playing club rugby up in in Brisbane. Um, Noah Lolasio, the young guy that they threw in, he's been in and out, in and out. He's got concussions, so he's out. So they've gone to a guy called Bernard Foley who last played for the Wallabies in 2019. He's been playing rugby up in Japan. And for me, I just cannot for the life of me understand why they've gone down that way. Again, he's a 33-year-old bloke, not even playing in Australia. They've got a couple of guys, um, Donaldson and Tane Edmed from the Waratahs. Donaldson's been in the Wallaby camp, but they're not playing him. And this Tane Edmed, they took him away on the Australia A tour. So you've got Super Rugby, and then you've got the Wallabies. So we've now put in an Australia A program to try and bridge that gap between super rugby and international rugby. So this guy's been in that Australia A program. So the only other way for him to go is up to the Wallabies. That's that's what you've got to do. You've got to come a time where you pick the guy from that and trust him to say, yep, we've done everything right with you. You've done it right with of us. You're playing for Australia, but they won't do it. So they won't. Risk these, what they call, they're calling it a risk. I think you've got to give these guys an opportunity and they're too scared to put these guys in untried to a test match. They're pulling in these old guys that have played. you know, Yes, they've got great experience and they were good players, but they've left Australian shores. They're playing overseas. They're gone. You've got to move forward. You can't keep bringing these old guys back. So you've got a guy like Tane I Maybe you're thinking, why am I, why am I staying in Australian money? Mm. Why don't I go to France or England or Japan and hoover up a whole lot of coin? instead of biding my time, doing everything right. I mean, he's played, all these guys that he would play against on Thursday night, he's played against already in Super Rugby. So it's not these superhumans coming from another planet. They're Kiwis that he's already played against. So Rugby Australia have got to back the talent that they've got and these guys are good. So give them the chance. And as I said, we haven't won the thing for 19 years. If we lose it again, it's not really gonna matter. So let's blood these guys. We've got a World Cup coming next year. I don't think Foley's gonna be around for the World Cup. So all of a sudden we'll start next year in a World Cup year and we still don't know who our number 10 is going to be. We're relying on O'Connor and, and Cooper and Foley, all these guys at the 33, 34, 35, whereas these young guys just aren't getting a chance. It drives me
1: nuts. I love it. I love your passion, Mickey, and it's coming across uh, the radio airwaves as well. Really do sense your frustration saying that. The game's on tomorrow night at Marvel Stadium under the roof, I gather, and... How can the Wallabies beat the All Blacks? A couple of the broadcasters and a couple of uh, players are saying more brutality. Is that how you beat the All Blacks?
0: No, I don't think so. The All Blacks have picked a really a, a big pack and Australia has responded. So our, our back row, uh, we've got a guy called Rob Valentini at number eight, Pete Samu at number seven and Rob Leota at number six. Now, they're all, they're all big Islander players. And interestingly, they're all, all three of them were born in Melbourne. So it's a really great thing for those for their family and friends, for these Melbourne born guys to be actually the back row for the Wallabies at a test in Melbourne. So, we've picked a team. We had a guy called Fraser McWright who was um, very good in the test match against uh, the Springboks in Adelaide, but he got a bit you know pushed around in Sydney. So, Australia has, has put beefed up their pack to try and counter that, that big abrasive physical way that the All Blacks will play. For me, the way we've got to beat the All Blacks is just to, to outrun them. I think we've got to just. Try and play a really wide, expansive game, and just run these blokes around, and not get involved in that hard, sort of upfront physical battle. Because if if the the All Blacks backs are are they're probably better than ours. Certainly, their nine ten is is a lot better than ours. So if if we get into that battle where it's constantly a fight for the ball, we're going to lose it, and then they'll get the ball, and their backs are probably better than ours. So I think we've got to try and just run this ball play a really up-tempo, fast game, just make it a different style of game to what the All Blacks want to play, and hopefully that's the way we might steal the win just because it's a bit of a shock to them.
1: Mm. Good on you, Mickey. I love it. Great report tonight, mate, and uh, we'll touch base with you maybe even across the weekend. I haven't got a program. Uh, Tomorrow night, of course, AFL selection night, so I might have a chat to you across the weekend about the the Bledisloe Cup before Game 2. Thanks for joining us tonight, mate. My pleasure, Pete. Let's hope it's a Wallaby win. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope. Uh, Mickey Collis talking uh, rugby. Uh, Bledisloe Cup, uh, first match tomorrow night, the Wallabies against uh, the All Blacks. Just some other news. James Heard reportedly uh, has been interviewed for the job at Essendon. We'll see how that goes down. And uh, Rory Lobb, quite a few media outlets, no surprise. The worst kept secret in uh, football on this side of the country. Uh, Rory Lobb has officially requested a trade to the Western Bulldogs. And I think here at SENWA, and not patting him on the back, but Kim Hagdorn sort of mentioned that weeks and weeks and weeks ago before anybody got a hold of it. And uh, it looks like being a four-year deal. So Rory Lobb has finally said, I want to trade to the Western Bulldogs. Can I tell you something? Happy time at the Bulldogs, Rory, because you're the most frustrating footballer I broadcast this season for the Fremantle Dockers. You were so up and down. It was like a yo-yo. Anyway, it's 16 to 6. We'll come back with more in a moment. Uh, We'll also bring you up to date on uh, Lance Franklin. Where is he at? Will he play on Saturday against the Magpies? You'll hear from him and others after the break here on Drive.